Thought leadership is not a new topic. In fact, the term was coined by a gentleman named Joel Kurtzman in 1994. In the two and a half decades since, we've seen the rise of YouTube experts, Instagram influencers, and the Kardashians. But are all of these people thought leaders? Are any of these people thought leaders? I want to note that there's a difference between a thought leader and a celebrity, and a thought leader and a subject matter expert. Being well-known does not make someone a thought leader, and being well-versed does not make someone a thought leader. Dory Clark, an author, speaker, and professor at the Duke Fuqua School of Business, articulated it as follows. The word thought leader originally applied to someone whose ideas merited attention. What we're talking about is something very distinct from either celebrity or expertise. If you're a celebrity, that's really just about fame. You're just known. Sometimes you're just known for being known. If you're an expert, you're known for your ideas, which is far more valuable to society. And an expert, that's a great thing to be. It means you know your stuff, you're knowledgeable. But if you're a thought leader, it means you have followers. It means you're engaging in the world, and that means your ideas are going to have far more impact. Some people think that they can't have a big idea. They can't be a thought leader because everything's already been done. They have an idea, but somebody got there first. The truth is, every idea has already been taken. That is no excuse not to do something about it. These are things that are not rocket science, but they are things that too many people don't know. And they're things that in a lot of ways we're not going to really be able to understand unless we hear them properly with an open heart and an open mind. And the way you do that is through stories and anecdotes that you hear and by something being conveyed from a particular perspective. You have something unique to offer by dint of who you are. Even if something in theory has been done before, it hasn't been done by you in the way that you can do it. It's time to step forward and to recognize that you can make a contribution. I love what she says there. Many marketers have tuned into this session to figure out exactly how to take that step, either to build their own thought leadership platform or to build a platform on behalf of one or more employees at their company as part of a larger content strategy. Today, I want to share a framework to guide and accelerate that journey. The framework consists of four pillars that work together in tandem. They are credibility, profile, being prolific, and depth of ideas. And you work your way up in each pillar to become a thought leader. Credibility is about whether people perceive you as an authority in your discipline or industry. Do they trust what you say and view your advice and experiences as accurate? Or do they require you to quote more reputable sources? Credibility can be positional, such as a title. It could be someone that's a practitioner with repeatable results or extensive experience in the field. And you can achieve credibility through formal credentials like education or licenses. It can be accelerated when it's paired with the halo of a strong brand or when paired with another prominent thought leader in your field. Profile is about how many people know you and the nature of your connections. Those with a low profile tend to have a small network of people who they've directly met or worked with. People with a high profile are known to many people who they may have never met or directly interacted with. Being prolific is about how often you're sharing your knowledge and the prestige of the outlets where you speak or publish. This one is closely tied to having a strong profile because as your profile improves, 
so do your opportunities to share with bigger audiences. Prolific people are regularly on social media. They're publishing long-form and short-form written content in the form of articles, ebooks, and newsletters. They speak at conferences and on webinars, and they provide interviews to podcasts or media. We all start somewhere, and regular bylines on owned properties like a company blog, personal LinkedIn page, or self-hosted podcast help you hone your message and skills, and act as proof that you're capable when you want to work with more prestigious outlets. Last is depth of ideas, and it's about codifying your insights into processes and frameworks that teach others how to replicate your success. Lots of people are generating value for their team or their own bank account, but if you don't make your tactics and strategies available for others to learn and follow, you are not, in fact, a thought leader. How do the pillars work together? To build credibility in a profile, you need to be prolific with writing, speaking, and engaging with your followers. But being prolific about mindless or useless topics doesn't build a thought leader. So you need to have tactical, strategic, and in some cases, visionary depth of ideas. It's much easier to have deeper ideas if you've already been in your field for a number of years, or you've tackled a class of problems before, both of which also bolster your credibility. A lot of companies try to use a founder or C-suite executive as a thought leader because they tend to already have credibility due to their title. But if they aren't prolific, they will struggle to build a profile. And without a profile, a title alone will not open doors. The exciting news is you can start working your way up the pillars today. As Dory Clark notes, each of us has a unique perspective to share with the world. So how do we do that? First, start with a problem you've solved. In 2016, live streaming on social media was just starting to become a mainstream marketing tactic. Influencers were flocking to Periscope, and a few consumer brands started building a following. But B2B brands were few and far between on the platform. I had recently created the strategy and launched a channel for my B2B company, so I pitched a session to Seattle Interactive Conference about adding live streaming to the marketing mix. And over the last four years, I've presented and written about that topic for numerous conferences and publications, iterating as the technology and tactics change. Am I the only person who's ever used live streaming in my marketing mix? No, of course not. But I have a unique point of view to share because I've solved this problem at several companies since I first started talking about it. So what's the problem that you know backwards and forwards? What's the question you always seem to be answering for your colleagues? Start with that. One silver lining of the rise of work from home is that more teams are writing documentation and hosting Zoom meetings, which you can record and use the transcript as the basis for content. Capture the conversations as you're working through tough problems and adapt relevant content for an external audience. Now, if you're building a platform on behalf of a founder or exec, at some point, they have to get in a room and do this work. It's not enough for them to just give you a data sheet of features with a single line about the value proposition and call that thought leadership. The goal of thought leadership is not to sell a product or service. It's not to trick people into buying something. To create interesting content, you can break these problems into three different depths, conceptual, strategic, and tactical. Conceptual content targets the core ideas, like how to think about a problem or solution. Strategic content addresses the processes and frameworks that people need to make the conceptual ideas reality. It enables your audience to do their own research and come to a conclusion. 
Tactical content is about the prescriptive step-by-step -step instructions to implement regular activities to execute. You'll notice that none of those depths call out a specific product feature or service offering. Yes, a product or service might make a problem easier to solve, but you won't gain credibility by sharing shallow ideas that only promote a product. If you're working with a founder exec, dig into how they stumbled on the problem that they built the product to solve. What trends in the industry influenced their thinking? What changed to make the current solutions obsolete? That's the interesting content to share with the world, not a data sheet of features. Second, do a little each day. If you look at the most brilliant and influential thinkers in history, they were all prolific. They wrote or drew or spoke or calculated every single day. With social media and blogging platforms available to everyone, you have the ability to share something every day. It could be amplifying other thought leaders in your field, a quick observation about a problem or solution at work, even a productivity tip. The goal is to get in the habit of sharing frequently. It's much more difficult to be brilliant on demand than to cultivate a habit of observing, distilling, and sharing insights. James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, used this tactic to turn his daily blog writings into a best-selling book. And Seth Godin uses daily microblogs to share marketing and business truths. Markets change, people evolve, and problems morph. You could talk about those for years on end. If you're feeling like you've run out of features to tout, it's time to step away from sales-focused content and move towards story-based content. You'll find that you have a lot to say when you aren't confined to a buying CTA or a white paper length article. Third, connect, connect, connect. To be a leader, you have to have followers. And to have followers, you have to engage with people. I worked with one exec to start building his thought leadership platform. He's well-known and well-respected inside the company. Anyone who's dealt with him or heard him speak at a town hall immediately respects and trusts him but he wasn't well-known outside of a small circle in his wider professional peer group. We created a plan for him to start connecting and sharing on LinkedIn, and in just a few months, he's built a following of more than 2,000 people. His posts get likes and shares and comments from people outside his immediate employee or peer group. When I speak at conferences, I always tell people to find me on LinkedIn or find me on Twitter, at Ashley Foss, and reach out with thoughts or questions about the session. I've had follow-up coffee chats, I've reviewed strategy documents based on the tactics I've shared, and I've amplified content for people I've met through speaking. The goal here is authenticity. It's not about reaching some quota to create reciprocity. It's about genuinely building a network. If you want to see an example of a master connector, look at Anne Hanley from Marketing Profs. She regularly likes and replies to tweets from me, even though I have little to offer to improve her reputation or reach. And it's not just online. She's warm and attentive in person as well. And finally, hone your personal brand. I've worked with several executives to build their thought leadership platforms, and I always have a segment about personal brand. What do they wear? How do they write? Do they curse in writing or speaking? Do they share about their spouses or kids? In many cases, they'll tell me, I'll just, I'll do whatever you tell me. Just tell me what you want me to say. I'm just here to make the company look good. Wrong! I'm not here to turn you into a company shill. I'm here to facilitate your journey to building your own brand and sharing your own expertise. 
One woman I worked with felt like she had to take on the openness and irreverence of her business partner, but it was clear she was uncomfortable with that. She wrote with a more academic tone, she dressed in more formal clothes, and she wanted to project a more polished image. It's less important to pick the quote-unquote right brand attributes than it is to pick authentic brand attributes, because your credibility is not just about your book knowledge. It's about whether you seem trustworthy. If you're wearing a costume, reciting a script, or putting on a show in some way, people won't believe you. An easy way to start this exercise for yourself or an executive is to take a look at the biography that you provide to different outlets. Mine says, marketer, writer, and speaker by day, singer, actor, and fitness fiend by night. That says something about me, and you immediately have a feel for who I am and how I might conduct this session. I could just as easily have written, Ashley Foss is a seasoned marketing professional and currently works as the content strategy lead for software teams at collaboration software maker Atlassian. She holds a Bachelor of Business Administration in marketing and an MBA. Pretty different tone, right? One is not better or worse, and both are factually accurate, but they convey very different things about who I am and how I want you to perceive me. Start with several versions of your bio, both short and long. What accomplishments do you want front and center? What do you want to cut if you have a word restriction? This exercise is a handy way to hone in on the tone to inform the rest of your long form and short form writing and speaking. Building a thought leadership platform is more important than ever as the norms of work are changing at an accelerated pace. It may seem daunting to add one more thing to an already stressful time, but remember, we all have something unique to share. Thank you.